Hello and welcome to another episode of the Prop Swap Podcast. We are your hosts, Ian Epstein and Luke Pergandy. And we are also the founders of PropSwap, the first marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We've got another great episode for you. It is going to be all Super Bowl props, predictions, storylines. So uh, it will be a jam-packed episode uh, talking about the big game coming up on Sunday, 49ers Chiefs. Uh, The consensus line right now is 49ers are a two-point favorite, two-and-a-half at some books, uh, and about a minus-130 favorite versus Chiefs plus-110 underdog. Uh, and the total has been sitting uh, consistent at 47-and-a-half. Um, Luke, uh, we will be there for a couple of days uh, in Vegas. Uh, those are both of our, our old stomping grounds. Um, but So I'm, I'm excited to see kind of what Vegas is like for, for a Super Bowl. I mean, it's... Vegas is is a scene when the Super Bowl is in a different city, so I'm super curious to see what it's going to be like. Um, I have a feeling this is going to be like what people thought F1 was going to be in terms of the crowds and um, how packed things are going to be, and, and F1 was kind of a letdown, but um, I, I feel like this is going to be uh, something that Vegas is made for. Uh, but before we get to Vegas, you'll be uh, you'll be in Phoenix for the, uh, the Waste Management Open. Um, I went there years ago in college, haven't been back since, but um, I know it's something that I think almost every guy would uh, want to go to. What are your, uh, what are your thoughts and feelings on the, uh, on the Phoenix open? Here's a hot take for you. Um, I might be more excited for the Phoenix open. than have the Super Bowl. Um, it is the best. It, I think it's the best sporting event I've ever been to. Um, it, I was fortunate to go to the Los Angeles Super Bowl. And as I echo most people that say this, it's so corporate inside the stadium. It's like no fans. It's all, you know, MGM people or Gatorade people or friends of a player whose team didn't even make it. Like, it's just so sterile inside of the Super Bowl. Obviously, we're not going to the game. We'll just be there for the festivities. But, um, yeah, there's just not a lot of passion inside the Super Bowl. And rightfully so, it's nine grand you know, a, a ticket. So it's extremely expensive to get in there. So uh, Phoenix Open will be great. Always is the most attended golf tournament in the world. Um, weather in both cities, though, I definitely think is stifling my excitement. I mean, 55 and rainy at the Phoenix Open Wednesday, Thursday in Vegas. I mean, we're talking 40s this weekend. So not a great forecast for either event. Yeah. Um you know, people ask me if I'm going to the Super Bowl, I obviously, you know, say, no, you know, I got to work it. Plus, yeah, the, the expense of it. But like, you know, going to a football game, like if you really want to watch the football game, being in the stadium is like not the most fun because like, you know, being in a game, it's about like talking to people around you and, you know, you're getting up for drinks or bathrooms or, you know, whatever. And, um, you know, it's, it's you know, you go to a game, you want to be about the experience and not so much like watching a play by play. But I feel like that's probably why the Phoenix Open is so great, because like, you know, you're the, there's a there's a golf tournament going on, but like you're just there kind of mingling. And and from what I can tell, like, the no, you know, you don't have to be hush hush, you know, uh, everywhere the entire time. Obviously, the, the 16th hole, you definitely don't have to be hush hush. Um, so I think that's probably why, like, it's just a great. Yeah, it's like. um it's a big giant bar with a golf tournament happening, you know, happening to be going on uh, in the, in the background. But um, so, yeah, uh, I'm sure we'll have some stories uh, from both cities uh, on, yeah. on next week's pod. 
I just wanted to add in, and I said this on the pod after the Los Angeles Super Bowl, I remember when sitting there, Odell Beckham was on pace to win MVP. He was having a killer first quarter. I think it was like mid-second quarter. He went down, and I was checking Twitter. That's how I found out about it, but anyone in the stadium was blind to the fact that Odell was out for the game. No PA announcement, no sign flashed on the digital board, and that's just you know a critical situation that you were unaware about when you're sitting in the stands, but obviously, if you're sitting on a couch, I don't know if it was Romo and Nance back then, but we just were totally unaware that he got hurt. So just one example of something where you go to the game, you're totally blind to a critical play. Yeah. I was at the game Broncos Jets uh, a couple years ago when Brees Hall had like a season ending ACL injury and it was on a touchdown run. So I'm like, oh man, like this guy, he's about to have a great game. And all of a sudden I'm like, wait, I haven't seen him on the field again. And it's like, oh yeah, he's ACL tear. He's, he's done for the season. Totally. Um, but talking about Super Bowl uh, action so far, you know, only a week of action so far. And, and this upcoming week is, is when the real action comes, but uh, just some kind of tidbits. 85% of the money line bets are have been uh are on Kansas City. Uh, but the first million dollar bet uh was reported by Caesars and it was on the 49ers. Um, a, a nice little tidbit from our friend Ben Fox. He quoted a Vegas odds maker as saying that, quote, with the game in Vegas, I anticipate double or triple the number of seven-figure wagers uh as usual. So um his, you know, I, and my immediate assumption is just that like high rollers are going to, are going to assume that like maybe if the, if the bet a large amount, then that could lead to free tickets, uh, you know, versus if the game was in Dallas, let's say it's like, you know, what is, you know, what is flying into Vegas to bet seven figures, you know, really going to get you like, you know, a couple drink tickets. Uh, and so I don't know, maybe just, um, you know, because, you know, because tickets are so limited and, and these casinos probably have a bunch, you know, maybe that's that's part of the reason why uh, Vegas is going to see more seven figure. Now, that's not to say these guys wouldn't have bet made seven figure bets in other states. Um, but um, I'm I'm guessing that the Vegas sports books, you know, will get more uh, seven figure bets than than usual. But my question to you is, you know, assuming that that's true, that that there will be more seven figure bets to come this week. Do you see that moving the spread or money line considerably. I mean, we, it, you know, we've been seeing kind of bouncing around from one and a half to two, to two and a half. It's been all under a field goal. Um, you know, do you see an influx of money coming in on, on one of the, on either team? Yeah. I mean, I, I disagree with that quote. Um, I don't, I don't think it's going to be triple the amount of million dollar bets, but um, just because it's in Las Vegas, there's many, many places you can get down these days. Um I would say I do think I think this spread should be three and a half minus three and a half Kansas City. So I think this will move towards Kansas City by game time. Put that quote aside from the odds maker. I do think this spread will move by by Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I mean, look, if they're used if they're used to getting five seven figure bets, then you know maybe they get ten. So you know, <laughs> right. I'm, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I'm not really sure how you know how, how many they get um, in previous years, but. Um, you know, obviously a ton of storylines that everyone else is hitting, you know, Brock Purdy, the, you know, Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift stuff. But um, here are some storylines that I feel like not enough people are talking about. Uh, and so, um, Luke, you tell me big deal, little deal or no deal at all. Uh, the first storyline, and this came out 
Monday afternoon is about the 49ers practice field. So the Chiefs are practicing at the Raiders facility, which utilizes the same type of grass uh, as the stadium. But the 49ers are practicing at the UNLV facility. Now, while UNLV does play at Allegiant Stadium, they do not play on the real grass like the Raiders do. They play on, on a field turf. So the NFL put in a sod field uh, over the UNLV practice field turf, but they only started laying it down like a week ago. Uh, the NFL hardness score, that's uh, Adam Schefter's <laughs> words, not mine. The NFL hardness score for fields averages 78 with no field being less than 70, the 49ers practice field is considered in the 50s uh, right now. Um, and if you recall, there was uh, playing surface issues in last year's Super Bowl, like in the actual game, um, you know, at uh, where the Cardinals play, uh, which led to players slipping all over the place. So um, 49ers getting shafted on the practice field, big deal, little deal, or no deal at all? I think it's a little deal. Uh, certainly, you brought up the the field and during the Super Bowl, which is different than this situation. This is just the practice facility, but little deal. I mean, seven days of slipping around and maybe those, there's an injury that occurs over the next seven days. Of course, I hope not, but um, yeah, uh, it's, it's relevant for sure. I mean, I, I don't know why the chiefs got the Raiders facility on a coin flip or how they decided that, but yeah, it's, it's relevant. Yeah. Uh, clearly it wasn't based on regular season record, um, but I yeah I knew that I mean, maybe it's an AFC thing versus you know AFC because it's an AFC host maybe that that the, that's why but um, yeah yeah I mean look I don't think the 49ers are going to be doing any sort of like real practicing and drills um, I think it's a lot of just like kind of walkthroughs and it's not like they're going to be like you know installing uh, a ton of a ton of new plays so but I would agree I think it's a little deal I mean it's I don't know how a 15 billion dollar corporation can't can't get the field straight you know these fields straight Gosh. for their uh, their, their their biggest game of the year. Yeah, um, last, year, last year's game was was brutal. It was terrible. I mean, it's time. like, yeah, the fact that like we're talking about you know players slipping uh, on you know, um, the the second story that I feel like not enough people are just talking about is just the fact that the Chiefs play in this stadium every year. Um, the Chiefs are four and zero at Allegiant Stadium. Um, Mahomes uh, at Allegiant averages 313 yards a game with a 10 to one touchdown to interception ratio. And then just generally speaking, Mahomes indoors, uh, 13 to one record, 306 yards a game with a 34 to three touchdown to interception ratio. So um, the fact that the chiefs play in the same division as the Raiders and they are four and in that building, big deal, little deal, no deal at all. I think it's a big deal. Yeah, I think comfortability, play, you know, ins and outs of the stadium, crowd noise, locker room, setup, just no no uh, wrinkles to iron out for Kansas City. I think it's relevant. I think it's a big deal. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll save my pick, but I'm, I'm, I think it's a big deal, but I'm hoping it's not a big deal, if, uh, if you know where I'm going with this. Um, but, you know, it, you, get, you can't just come to the fact that, like, it, those stats are against the Raiders, the Raiders defense and not, and not the 49ers defense. But yeah, I think there's something to be said about, uh, but th that being said, the 49ers also played uh, in that building last year uh, as well and, and had a good game, but obviously that was only one game versus uh, four games for the chiefs. Um, the last storyline. Uh, and I feel like no one really talks about this until like the game is going on or the game is, is 
is over and and you hope that it doesn't become a storyline but the referee uh or i should say the referees um the 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 head referee is a guy named bill vinovich um i hate this guy i i can't really like explain it and like i used to be way more locked in on these refs than i am these days but like i can't tell you like uh, just an- anecdotally speaking if i bet a game and then i f- and then he comes on the tv i'm like uh, i'm like crap i'm like i'm a gonna lose this bet or like there's just gonna be some weird stuff so i just do not like this guy you know he was the referee for the saints rams nfc championship game which of course was the the no call on the pass interference that led to the the rams beating the saints of course we had that um gigantic sale with cousin sal and clay travis the the uh the bought a saints ticket so there's one example of just a weird uh wonky game uh that he calls he was also the referee for the the 2019 2020 super bowl uh when these these two teams played um so he's the first referee ever uh to referee a rematch of the super bowl um yeah chiefs won that game so take that for what that's worth but um i'll stop there i mean uh big deal little deal no deal at all about this guy that that uh, Ram Saints game that non-call at the end of the game on the um on the Rams defensive back was one of the worst non-calls in professional sports history in a relevant game. So I mean that that in itself is embarrassing. Relevant also that he ref the prior game. Um, so that's also kind of weird that he would get to do that again. So yeah, I think that's a big deal. I don't. There's a difference between throwing the game and being incompetent. Like, I don't think he's throwing the game, but meaning like giving calls to one side so he wins his bet or someone else wins a bet. But I do think there's something to be said about incompetence. And then it's like, okay, who gets the the raw into the shaft there and gets an incompetent call missed or called on? So that's just annoying for all gamblers that are trying to, you know, Roger Goodell had a press conference. And he he's so bad at press conferences. He never answers any questions. They were at, he was asked about what's your process for solving the referee's inaccuracy this year. He's like, well, we're we're incorporating technology. It's like, are you? Because we haven't seen that in the field basically at all. So yeah, it's it's a big deal. It's relevant and annoying for gamblers. Yeah, um, and look, there's a ton of judgment calls that that technology is never gonna is never gonna solve. But mm-hmm. and the other thing too, and and this has been talked about, you know, for years, is just the fact that when it comes to the playoffs and in, including the Super Bowl, the the create these crews that did not work together during the regular season. It's like an all star crew for each position. And I, I, I something else that I, that I don't understand is that you know these referees are are teams themselves and in the most important games you are cobbling together guys who have never worked together. Uh, and that also makes no sense to me. Uh, and that leads me to the, to the next referee thing is that the umpire, uh, is a guy named Terry Killens. Uh, now the umpire's main job, he, he kind of stands near where the linebackers are and his main job is to assess line penalties, offensive and defensive line penalties. Um, Killens used to play in the NFL, including a full season plus some playoff games for the 49ers. Uh, and Killens' crew, which he was a part of a different crew than, than Vinovich's crew, uh, ranked sixth uh, out of all crews in offensive holding calls. And the Chiefs ranked second in the league in offensive holding penalties, uh, including uh, one of their players like set a record for like the most number of, of, uh, 
of penalties uh, called on him. So um, is that going to be a deal? You think that uh, you got to, you got the umpire sitting back there and uh, maybe, you know, play for the 49ers and, and, and he likes to throw flags on, on the line and, and the chiefs, uh, even Nick Bosa said it the other day, he was like, yeah, I was watching film and uh, yeah, the chiefs hold a lot. I mean, that, that specific part of this, topic of the chiefs holding a lot that being ranked second offensive holding that's relevant for sure i don't think this guy's gonna throw the game um sixth in offensive holding you know that's not super uh, super uh of an outlier you know if it was one or two okay more more of an outlier but yeah i don't no deal i'll go with this one okay I I wouldn't be i mean i i, I was trying to find an over under on penalties um which uh, I could not find if maybe they'll come up later, but um, I wouldn't mind, you know, um, you know, depending on the number of placing an over bet on, on the number of uh, penalties. Sure. Um, so yeah, I um, we'll get into our picks later, but uh, you know, I hope I'll just, let's just say this. I, ho- I hope the, uh, you know, the, the get the chiefs, if, if there are some blade and holds uh, and uh, you know, don't let them just let them play, you know, um, because the, the 49ers do have a, a fantastic defensive line and um, you know, I could see them trying to uh, do everything they can to uh, to hold them back, but um, let's uh, you know let's move let's move on to just kind of the game overall um, momentum. Uh, how how important uh, you think is that coming into this game? It's a real thing. It's definitely a real thing. Anyone that says it's not is not watching enough sports. Um, yeah. So I looked up. Um, teams that have had to play in the wild card round versus not right. So San Francisco was out of buy in the first week. They did not have to play in the wild card round. Kansas city was, uh, did participate in the wild card round. They beat, um, that was the bills game. No, 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 the Dolphins. Dolphins Dolphins game. So, uh, teams that had to play in the wild round, wild card round versus teams that didn't have to. So basically Kansas city versus, uh, San Francisco in this example, the wild card round team, the wild card round team is ten and five straight up and twelve and two against the spread. So basically, saying that teams that haven't sat out a game versus only playing against a team that did sit out a game are massively favored, ten and five straight up or um, twelve and two against the spread. So it's it's relevant. Yeah. And look, I mean, we saw that uh, with both the 49ers and the Ravens uh, in the first half of their divisional games where um, it looked like they both came out flat um, in the uh, in the first half there. So um, and this is another example where they're coming off a a, a bye week um, for the uh, for the 49ers. Um, You've got a good stat here. Spread versus money line Uh, in 31 Super Bowls of a six point spread or smaller the straight up winner has covered 29 of, of 30 times. So um, is that basically saying, you know, if you like the 49ers just to lay the points um, yeah. versus uh, versus the minus 130 money line. Totally. Yeah. And yeah, same, same thing with Kansas city. Like don't, don't get plus two, just take a money line. It's better payout. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I totally agree with that. You know, it, uh, I think the same thing applies in the, in the regular season as well, where, you know, if don't bet a team, you know, if it's a, if it's a short spread, um, 
you might as well bet them money line or you know don't bet a don't bet a team plus the points if you don't think if you don't think they can win the game outright because yeah um the instances where a team wins but doesn't cover is is very far and few between and it's got to be a spread like seven seven and a half like we saw in the 49ers lions game a a spread of less than three is is uh is rare for that to uh to happen yeah um but all right so before we get into kind of our our favorite uh prop bets that we like uh just wanted to uh, promote, um, give a shout out. We are running uh, our biggest contest ever. Uh, we are giving away $1,000 in bonus cash. It is a prop contest. Uh, answer 10 questions. Uh, if you get them all, if you get all 10 correct, um, you will have a chance to win $1,000 in prop swap bonus cash. Um, if no one gets all 10 correct, uh, then we'll still be giving out 250 in bonus cash. And it's it's fun questions like, you know, um, over under uh, Usher songs during halftime, over under um, how many minutes of the game clock until Taylor Swift is shown. But also we've got, you know, game props like who will have more first downs, who will have more passing yards. So uh, definitely uh, give that an enter. Uh, it doesn't cost anything to enter. Just got to have a prop swap account. Uh, go to propswap.com slash contest. That is propswap.com slash contest uh, to to enter and, and have your chance to win $1,000 in in bonus cash. It's like um, well done by is that Jim Nance or Ian Epstein on that, yeah. on that ad yeah, read. I've, I've, I've watched so much football recently that, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, your boy is uh, the king of, uh, I can do some promo reads uh, right now. Um, all right. It is that time. Let us get let's get into our favorite prop bets for Super Bowl fifty eight. Actually, before we get in, I just uh, I guess I would I'd be curious what what from an overall perspective, how, how do you see the game playing out? Because I think this will probably influence um, some of the picks that that we're going to say. So. Um, just generally speaking, how do you see this game playing out? Yeah, it's funny. Um, Super Bowl weekend is always a great weekend for networking. And the second one I ever went to was in Miami. And it was this game. It was the rematch of these two teams. So San Francisco and Kansas City. And I walked into the Wheels Up party and Scott Ben Pelt was in there standing at the bar by himself. He's six foot seven, bald, can't miss the guy. And we ended up talking for 30 minutes. And I remember walking away after we talked for 30 minutes. And I was like, so how do you think the game goes? And he just motions. He's like, low. I think it's going low, meaning, you know, take take the unders on a lot of different stuff. Um, and indeed, it did. I believe the under did hit in that game. There was a lot of low point scored. So in terms of props, I think that's going to happen again. I <laughs> San Francisco's offense scares the crap out of me recently. I just, they it feel, I'm not ready to go this extreme, but it feels like Philadelphia was just like a wagon for uh, most of the season. Then just like the wheels fell off. So that scares me. And I think the Kansas City defense is great. So I, do, I realized they lost their defensive end. He had seven sacks. We'll talk about that more in a minute. But yeah, low is my, as Scott Ben Pell would say, low. Yeah. Um, I would agree. Um, you know, I think back to the Patriots Rams Super Bowl where, you know, it was the high flying Rams, Sean McVay, Jared Goff offense versus Tom Brady. Uh, and it was one of the most 
boring games I can remember, let alone Super Bowls, 13 to three. The most exciting thing about that game was that we had a, a like no touchdown to be scored uh prop listed for sale for a little bit at 500 to one um obviously a, a touchdown did end up getting scoring but like that was like the most exciting uh thing about this game three, three um, nothing at the half brutal yeah um i think about one of my most successful super bowls short of me uh losing way too much money on the no safety was uh seahawks broncos uh and i was just going around in downtown vegas book to book um finding huge discrepancies on like Demarius Thomas receiving yards and just different Broncos players, you know, totals and and betting unders on, on all of those. So, um, you know, especially as we get closer to the game time, I, you know, the public is going to want to bet yeses and overs. And so, you know, maybe you want to wait, but um, I, I also um, I'm I'm looking at, at some of these uh, unders and and stuff. So uh, let's get into it. Um, The first one that I like, um, and this can really go either way, depending on, on who you'd like to win the game, uh, is the halftime full-time um, prop, where basically it's saying, you know, who will be winning or will it be tied at halftime and then who will win the game? Um, in San Francisco's 14 wins, they were up at halftime in 11 of them, tied in one, down in two. Uh, those two coming uh, in these previous two playoff games, uh, the, first, the, the two first times they were down at halftime this season and then and, and won the game. In Kansas City's 14 wins, they were up at halftime in 10 of them, tied in two, down in two. So my point here is just like, you know, I think a lot of people want to predict like, oh, KC up at half, 49ers come back to win because that's what they've seen recently. But generally speaking, the team that's up at halftime is going to, you know, goes on to win the game. Um, and obviously, you know, you're, you're, dodge, you're trying to dodge a, a tie game at halftime, but 49ers to lead at halftime and win the game currently plus 160 at MGM. Obviously, that's compared to a minus 130 uh, for them just to win the game. Uh, you can also just do the same thing for KC leading at halftime and to win the game at like plus 190, plus 195. So um, I would be looking at that um, as, a, as a way to get better odds on the winner of the game and just you know hope that they're up at halftime. And then obviously, um, if that team you bet is up at halftime, there's obviously an, also an opportunity there to, uh, to sell the ticket during the second half as well. I like it. Good find. Um, I agree. I think if I could get plus money, obviously you're getting plus money on the favorite on a team to be up at halftime and win the game. I like that. Um, all right. What's your, what's your uh, favorite prop? So uh, this is like the Super Bowl version of the nerfy as people like to call them. No run first inning, just quick, quick wins that a bet will get decided in the first 20 minutes of game time. Um, the Chiefs have scored on their opening drive in eight straight playoff games. Now, granted, that could be a field goal or a touchdown, but they've scored eight straight playoff games. You can get first drive Chiefs rushing touchdown at seven to one at DraftKings. Most other books are around like you can get like two to one on just an offensive touchdown, but the way this team has likes to run the ball in the red zone, likes to run the ball at the goal line. I like seven to one on the Chiefs' first drive to end in a rushing touchdown. All right, so low scoring game, but but the go down and score. Uh, yeah, I uh, thought about that. Drive. So the what the Chiefs love to do with a lead is run clock. So obviously, this is a bet that they're going to go up early, just like they did exact same game script as Baltimore. Go up yeah. early and then just run the clock for the rest of the game and keep the ball out of, out of Purdy and Shanahan's hands, respectively. Yeah. 
Yep. No, that's exactly, we talked about that. That's exactly what they did uh, um, against the Ravens. Um, all right. My next prop is any player to score two plus touchdowns. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes is minus 185. So obviously you're laying, laying a little bit of juice here, but um, you know, between McCaffrey, Pacheco, uh, Kelsey, um, you know, maybe, you know, Mahomes doesn't really uh, get many rushing touchdowns, but you know, it's just any player, to, you know, to get two plus touchdowns. Um, I, you know, you get the feeling that uh, one guy is going to be playing well and they're just going to keep feeding him the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and this one kind of stands out to me because it's like, you know, the fact that the yes is, is juiced to minus one eighty five, it it just kind of makes me think that like, there's a reason why it's, it's so highly juiced. Like it happens way more often than, than you would think. Uh, and it's kind of like, um, I'm trying to think of an example, but like, you know, whoever, whoever scores the first touchdown, you're gonna be like, cool. Like that's my guy now for the rest of the game. Right. Or, you know, yeah. uh, whoever, you know, basically at halftime, if there's a couple different guys with touchdowns, like now those are your guys all second mm-hmm. half. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's going to, it'll, it'll give you a lot of options, you know, throughout, throughout the game. And again, something else you can probably sell uh, on, on prop swap. So uh, I realized mass 185, you know, a little juice there, but um, I think it happens way more that, than you would think. And you're not trying to guess, will it be McCaffrey or Pacheco or Kelsey? You know, you just get any player to score uh, two, two plus touchdowns. Yeah. You talked about this on the last podcast, money's money. If you're going to take the Niners at minus one thirty to win the game on the money line, like, extra few bucks of juice just take this and uh i agree this is more fun to root for as well yeah uh and you know my my first pick was kind of predicting the winner but as we kind of go on here um i think it's it'll be fun to i think you people would be wise to be looking at props that are not dependent on who wins the game um Mm -hmm. and you know if you just say, Hey, I think, I think it's going to be low scoring. I'm not sure if it's going to be chiefs or 49ers could be a close game, but low scoring, like, um, or, or high scoring regardless, like you can have fun by just betting some of these things, um, that, that are not dependent on, you know, who, who, who wins the game. Uh, and so you're not like sweating bullets, you know, uh, in the fourth quarter and Bill Vinovich is on the microphone, uh, and you're, uh, cussing him out. Uh, all right. What's, uh, what's your next, uh, prop? So um, this is from a the most professional sports better that we know in terms of finding props over these next two weeks. It's his like it's literally his Super Bowl. That's all he does from the championship weekend until now. So he found this Purdy's first rush to be greater than three and a half yards over is plus one hundred five. So over three and a half yards, Purdy's first rush would pay you plus money. If you strip out the kneel downs, his yards per carry is 3.7. And that's not, that's his overall yards per carry. And then if you look at the last two games, this guy's ran wild. Now it seems like it kind of takes him some time. Mahomes likes to do it from the jump. It seems like Purdy kind of gets comfortable and then does broken plays. But I mean, he ran wild the last two games said Purdy. So first rush over three and a half yards, I think is, is intriguing. Now, does that include sacks or no? I think it does. Okay. Yeah, okay. I believe it does. I think a sack, I'm 90% confident a sack will go against your carries. Yeah. Um, but yeah, generally speaking, I like it because uh, he's not really a designed runner, so it's more of a scramble. Um, and um, 
you know, he's probably, you know, he's probably, he's probably smart enough to, you know, not scramble out of the pocket. Unless he's, yeah. Unless he sees, unless he sees some, uh, some daylight. So um, I, I, I like it. Um, lastly yeah. on this prop. So this is where I want to talk about the Charles Amenahu guy, the uh, chiefs D end who is out. Uh, he had seven sacks relevant, not earth shattering, but he's out. So I do think Purdy will continue his, ability to scramble i like it um speaking of of rushing uh and scrambling um shortest touchdown scored under one and a half yards uh minus 150 uh at at FanDuel. so um look I think if you if you've watched enough football you've seen enough uh pass interference is called in the end zone there's a PI in the end zone ball gets placed at the one. Obviously you got to punch it in at that point, but um, you know, any, you just, you get the ball spotted at the one yard line, whether it's PI or just through the, the natural uh, game flow um, then, and, and the, and they punch it in, boom, there you go. Now, granted, not, neither of these coaches are Dan Campbell where he'll be for sure going forward on, on a fourth down. These guys are a little more conservative. So, you know, obviously you're, you run the risk there where if they don't get it on the first three downs or, these guys are more likely to kick a field goal than, than uh, a coach like Dan Campbell. But, um, you know, it's one of those things where you're actually going to be rooting for pass interference calls uh, in, in the end zone, get the ball spot, the one. So yeah. Um, shortest touchdown scored under one and a half yards, uh, currently minus one, one fifty at, at FanDuel. Yeah. And these teams love to run the ball. I I could totally see whether it's a flag or a Pacheco or CMC goes down and they just want to punch it in from, from that one yard line. So yeah, I think this is probably my least favorite of the ones we've talked about just cause like that's, you know, I, there, I trust both of their offenses enough to not get down at the one, but yeah, I still like it at minus minus one fifty. There's, there's yeah. value there. Um, you know, and the Chiefs do not run the tush push or any sort of QB sneak because no. Mahomes got hurt on that one time and like they basically stopped doing that. So, you know, you're not getting that that boost. Uh, but yeah, they both have goal line backs that they trust, McCaffrey, Pacheco, um, and they have no problem, you know, feeding them and not doing dumb, you know, um fades into the corner of the end zone. <laughs> yeah. Um that both kill me. Yeah. Uh all right. Uh, what's uh, what's your next uh, prop? So this also came from the professional prop better. Any player to have combined rushing and receiving 150 yards, no. So basically under, all players will have under 150 yards is only minus 115. <laughs> and his, he, his quote is, any single player not named Christian McCaffrey would have to have a career day to achieve that. And then even with CMC, his over, his yardage total is 130. So you're getting 20 extra yards on this prop, basically gambling that in a 99% of the time, no other player is going to come close to that. So you're basically getting a CMC under at a good price. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I like that. I mean, Debo would also be in that conversation, um, but but yeah, no, totally. Still I mean, career year for 150. Yeah, career game. Career yeah. Day, career uh, day. Um yeah, so yeah, basically yeah, no player yeah. to to combine for 150 rushing or receiving. They, uh, they also have like stopped running the ball with him this year. 
with Debo. Obviously, you got CMC in the roster. So things change, but yeah, he doesn't really run the ball anymore. Yeah, that's true. Um, and look, because he got he would get hurt doing that, and so yeah. um, you know, uh, he got when he got hurt in the Packers game. I think Shanahan was quoted kind of after, after the game as basically being like. You know, it's one thing to go into a game knowing, you know, you won't have a guy, but when a guy gets hurt during the game, I mean, it completely just, you know, it just tosses out a huge chunk of, yeah. of your playbook. And so, um, you know, um, again, part of the reason why they struggled so much against, I think, against the uh, the Packers was was him uh, was him going down in the in the first half. Um, all right, my my last one, uh, gonna you know, longer odds here uh, after giving out some uh, some minus money stuff. Um, I found this on uh, on Superbook's uh, website. Uh, they're available in Nevada, Arizona, Colorado, a couple other states. But um, this was like a kind of a pre-made same game parlay. But you can also you can make this uh, parlay on any uh, any other book. But again, back to low scoring game and not having to pick the winner. But uh, game total under 40 and a half. Travis Kelsey under 70, 70 and a half receiving yards. Mahomes under 262 and a half passing yards. Purdy under 245 and a half passing yards. And you can get odds of plus 750 uh, on that. And so, um, you know, if the, you think, you know, the game's, uh, let's say, you know, 21 17, um, then, you know, you're looking, you're looking good there. Uh, again, I, I like, Mahomes under receiving yards. I like Kelsey under, or sorry, I like Mahomes under passing yards and Kelsey under receiving yards. I think both of those numbers are going to get inflated. Like you said, they're going to want to run the ball, um, you know, maybe can control the clock. And so again, not, this is not indicative of, of the chief chances of winning, but I think the Kelsey props are going to get so inflated uh, on the yardage. Uh, Cause you know, he had, a, he had a great game against the Ravens, but like overall this season, it was a down season for him. Um, and, I think people are going to be looking at the last game and not really the season as a whole. Uh, mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, under on the game total, 40 and a half, uh, Kelsey Mahomes, Purdy under plus 750 odds. So a little bit of a, a long shot there, but you don't need to pick the winner there. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, what do you do with the Travis Kelsey situation? Obviously one of, they showed a bunch of graphics during the AFC championship. One of the, he is now, I believe the leading uh, receiver in the history of the NFL for the playoffs, like he has the most yeah, receptions. Jerry so, Rice, yeah, yeah. It's like, it, do I we gonna get Travis Kelsey from last week, or we're we gonna get the only? Uh, it's silly, but like the only thing I can think of is just having a bad season because he's focused on other things, like traveling the world with the number one pop star. Like, but that's the only solution I have to why he's been underperforming. But it seems like he's figured it out. So I would, I'd just be concerned about that. Travis Kelsey number the 70 and a half but I'm with you on the other three I definitely think the game's gonna go under I I think Mahomes will be in like the low 200s and then yeah I don't think Purdy throws for 250 yeah and look I mean that that game total 40 and a half is obviously lower than the the normal total uh mm -hmm. and so you can play around with that you know if if, if you want a number higher than 40 and a half and and just stick with the the regular total 47 and a half. Uh, obviously you won't get plus 750, but you'll still get good plus money on that. But yeah. um, you can definitely combine a bunch of these unders together uh, to get some, some longer odds. So, um, all right. Uh, before we finish up, let's move on to Super Bowl MVP. Um, we kind of 
talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I was talking about CMC at six to one um, and how you'd be able to flip that for more than just the 49ers uh, money line. Uh, obviously it wasn't pretty, but the, 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 the 49ers got there against the lions uh, and you can indeed flip that six to one CMC uh, MVP ticket for more than the minus 300 uh, money line was going to pay on that game. Um, mm-hmm. Look, this is a quarterback award predominantly. Uh, it's hard to believe that the Chiefs would win and Mahomes would not win the MVP. Uh, it's a little easier to see the 49ers winning and Purdy not winning the MVP. Um, but uh, I think we both wanted to just kind of look down the look down the sheet um, and find some longer odds. Again, these are things that can easily be flipped uh, on prop swap during the game um, as you know, sports books keep these odds up. Um, the value meter and, and suggested price on PropSwap will be uh, refreshing as the game goes along. Uh, and so kind of along the lines of, of it being a low-scoring game, defensive battle, um, when you look at the, the past non-QB winners in more defensive games, like there, it, there is uh, precedent of a defensive player winning the game. Uh, Von Miller won it when he wreaked havoc against uh, Cam Newton. Um, there was a, a Seahawks linebacker um, that won MVP. Smith. Yeah. Uh, so my long shot MVP pick is going to be Nick Bosa, currently 100 to 1 uh, at FanDuel and MGM. Um, he's up there at the top of the league in terms of number of sacks. Um, you know, he doesn't get as many tackles as, as Fred Warner, but, uh, in terms of, again, this is a voter award, right? So you got to think about, you know, who's going to pop on the TV and, and make the plays at the critical times. And so in a world where the 49ers defense stifles Mahomes and they are just, you know, in his grill all game, um, it's going to be a guy like Nick Bosa, who's getting the pressures, getting the tackles for losses, getting the sacks, um, and just, you know, maybe a forced fumble, uh, here or there. And so, uh, when I look at a def- defensive players and, and, um, you know, he's the one that kind of stands out as the, the superstar potential that, that can, that can shine this game. So, uh, Nick Bosa, a hundred to one to win uh, MVP. Yeah, I like, I do agree with you of the defensive players. That's probably my favorite to, you know, playing along that game script. How does San Francisco win? You shut down Mahomes. Who's going to shut down Mahomes? Bosa is the most likely candidate. So I get that. So I was just going to throw out another defensive player like we discussed last week. 20% of the time, two of the last 10 uh, Super Bowl MVPs have been defensive players. So one little bit longer odds, almost you know 40% more on your money. Uh, Chris Jones at 140 to 1 to an MVP. That's at FanDuel. He's basically 100 to 1 everywhere else. So check out uh, if you make sure you're price shopping for all this stuff. And then I also like Pacheco. He's 35 to one at FanDuel and MGM and only 28 to one at DraftKings. So some value there, regardless of what happens. But to your point, these are prop swap specials. This is like Chris Jones has a sack or the San Francisco's hasn't even scored in the first half. Like flip that thing on prop swap for three to four times that you paid. Same thing with Pacheco. Pacheco has a long run, maybe for a touchdown. Flip it on prop swap. Yeah. Um, look, I'm not gonna tell anyone not to make that bet, but I get I just can't imagine the Chiefs winning uh and Mahomes not getting it. Again, even if he only has like one passing touchdown, it's just like he's gonna make the critical plays at the critical times and everyone's just gonna be, you know, yeah, and throwing your love for, for Mahomes. So um but look, if I, I like Pacheco more than Kelsey, right? Because it's like 
someone's got to be throwing the ball to Kelsey. Uh, mm-hmm. So um, if if I had to pick a non an offensive player on the Chiefs, not name Mahomes, it would be Pacheco. Yeah. Um, so uh, there you have it. All right, but before we, we go, uh, just quickly, uh, I think the listeners can probably tell by this point who who we're going with each. But um, who who's your pick for the game? Kansas City. Um, I'm going, I flip flop back and forth. I started out by going 49ers. And then I thought to myself, there's no way, you know, it's the, the storyline, you know, chiefs, Kelsey Swift, like, uh, and now I'm, I'm going, I'm back on 49ers. Uh, I'm going to trust my gut. It's been my pick all season long. I would hate myself if I flip my pick and then the yeah. 49ers won the game. So I'm going with my gut. It's been my pick all season long, San Francisco 49ers win the Super Bowl, getting revenge from, from four years ago. Um, so that will do it. Uh, you know, it was a long one. So thank you to all who, uh, who stayed along, um, price shop, price shop, price shop, go for two, uh, be active on prop swap this weekend. And during the game, like I said, uh, last week, the conference championship was uh, our best conference championship ever in terms of number of tickets sold. Uh, I would assume the Super Bowl will be no different. So, uh, be checking prop swap, uh, be uh, price shopping, going for two, uh, enjoy the game, have fun, make sure to subscribe to this podcast, leave us a rating, and we will talk to you next week. 